1: Well, hello, welcome. This is Ken Rashawn on Amplified, Voice America's influencer channel, brought to you by Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, of course, the Keep Smiling movement. So my co-producer, Andrea Adams Miller with the Red Carpet Connection, how are you doing?
2: Absolutely wonderful. We're still here in L.A. in different locations covering different events. It's been a whirlwind of a week, uh, two weeks for me, but things are looking even better this year.
1: Well, cool. Can you give a brief uh, synopsis of a couple of the cool events you, you did and some of those Absolutely. leaders that are causing smiles in the world?
2: Yeah, Danielle fitzpatrick um Clark, last week we did Entrepreneur City Live, had a really fabulous audience down in San Diego for a three-day event and a VIP day. And then I headed to L.A. and was um, covering unsilenced voices with Michelle Jewsberry, raising money for women who are silenced all over the world, including Sierra Leone and Ghana, women who are abused and um, treated disrespectfully. And then I headed to Lead Up for Women with Colleen Biggs. And then that evening went to a private party at Warner Brothers with David Corson with his commercial uh, realist or excuse me, commercial renovation um, company and business and summit that he has different networking meetings every month all over the world. And then uh, what did I do? Oh, and then this weekend I was with Leslie Nardini for her lead with style event. And I also spoke at that event. So it's been a really great time and some really impactful people. Um, Leslie, by the way, will be on in the future. She is the reigning crown winner for Ms. World Elite. And she won the physique um, uh, situation as well. And she's an absolutely beautiful woman and uh, really achieved over younger women, half of her age. So very impressive.
1: What, what is winning the, f- the physique situation? That's new terminology to me.
2: Oh, well, uh, for the physical fitness category, actually, it was funny. She didn't find out she won the physical fitness till after the fact. Just kind of like the uh, um, beauty pageant where Steve Harvey miss said someone's name, uh, (laughs) Leslie actually won that for physical fitness. So her body image and how she presented herself, uh, she was the top winner over women, uh, you know, 20 years younger than her. And uh, they didn't know that she had won until after the pageant because Leslie was like I thought I heard my name but another girl walked on and took the award and
1: <laughs> Well cool. And they
2: found out later. Yeah.
1: Well, we have like one of the biggest and best guests we could ever ask to have on our show because he Thanks, actually he brings so much knowledge uh, about how to create abundance in life. And of course, no matter what you're doing in life, if you don't know the strategies and secrets of getting the distribution, you will have a much lower impact in the world. So I am very excited to have Neil Arn, And if you'll do the bio and bring him on,
2: I'd love that. Absolutely. So as Ken said, we have Neil Patel. We've been very excited about having him on. He is a New York Times bestselling author. The Wall Street Journal calls him a top influencer on the web. And Forbes says he is the top one of the top 10 marketers in the world. And Entrepreneur Magazine says that he created one of the 100 most brilliant companies. He was recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama and a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 35 by the United Nations. Neil Patel is a famous entrepreneur, as you can see, and his anal- he's an analytics expert and an investor, and he's best known as the founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and Kiss Metrics. We are so excited to have you, Neil. I, I have to admit that I-, I don't get excited about celebrities, but when I had the confirmation you were on with us, I was giddy like a 12-year-old girl. How fun is that? <laughs>
3: Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, I I I don't think I'm uh, as good uh, or well-known as any of those real celebrities out there, but nonetheless, appreciate the introduction.
1: Well, thank you, Neil. Um, One of the goals we have with this show is uh, sharing your leadership skills. Obviously, your gold nuggets on how to be more successful, but also you're self-made, and it's really cool to share a story of someone that has... Seen life and taken it on and created what you've created. Do you, do you pinch yourself uh, with what you're doing at your age
3: and and where you are? Not really. There's other people who are my age who are much more successful. (laughs) Look at like Mark Zuckerberg, right? Pretty much similar ages. Uh, He's not even 10 times ahead of me. He's probably like thousands of times ahead of me.
1: (laughs) Well, still congratulations on all you've accomplished. I'd like to start off with, I know you were, um, I'd like to talk about your childhood and what actually happened in your childhood that caused you to be uh, have this work ethic and uh, this, I guess, disruptive mindset of causing big things to happen.
3: Well, when I, when I grew up, we my parents struggled, uh, especially in my earlier life. As I grew up as a teen, my parents were doing fine. Uh, we weren't really struggling that hard. Technically, we weren't struggling at all. Uh, but when you're a little kid and you remember your parents saving up for things like Taco Bell— you never forget that, right? Because most people don't have to save up to go to Taco Bell and get stuff off right. the value menu or whatever it may be. And my mom would collect the pennies and get me some tacos every once in a while and I would be ecstatic. Um, but yeah, in, in general, you know, I, I look at all of this and I'm just like, y- you don't forget being poor. And I realized at a young age, no one was going to give it to me. Either I do something about it or I'm going to remain this way for a very long time. Um, so I did something about it, and I still have the fear of going back and being broke. And I think that's what still drives me today. And Even though it's an unrealistic fear, I, for some reason it's embedded in me.
1: Sure, sure. And what what made you feel that marketing was the solution? Did Did someone in your childhood or in your teens share how important that was?
3: No, I tried, my first business that I tried uh, creating was a job board. And when I created the job board, no one came to it. I thought, you pop up a website, someone just comes. And I created the job mm-hmm. board because I couldn't find a job. So I was like, oh, let's create a job board to help other people to find a job because I couldn't find one. And I quickly learned that you got to do this thing called marketing. I was naive. I was young. I tried paying a few people uh, to help me with marketing. I didn't have a big budget borrowed some money, uh, picking up trash, cleaning restrooms to help pay for it, got ripped off from being frustrated and broke. I ended up learning it myself because I had no other choice. I got good at it. And then I was like, wait, I'm struggling to create this job board, um, but I'm having a good luck getting people to my website. Why don't I just help other businesses get people to their website? And that's how I landed in the marketing realm.
1: Cool. And with 90% of businesses kind of heading out of business or not succeeding, uh, what would you say the, uh, the main ingredient is and how much would you say marketing is part of the problem?
3: So, it, it, you know, all the stats show that it's lack of capitalization, right? Because you can use that money for anything, whether it's marketing, development, business development, sales, whatever it may be. But I do think marketing is a key ingredient because no matter how much money you have, Eventually, if you can't get people to your site to your business, whether it's brick and mortar or online, and you it's going you're going to struggle to generate sales, and eventually you won't be in business.
1: Well, you bring up an interesting point about marketers that uh, take advantage of people that don't know about marketing and sell them that they have the skill set, but maybe they're they have just as big a problem, if not bigger, than the, the person who's hiring them. So, how does one? Uh, I, I guess, uh, vet a marketing company so that they're hiring someone that's going to do them right?
3: Yeah, so the the best way you vet them is you look at case studies, work that they've, uh, or stuff that they've worked on in the past. Um, and th- that is really the easiest thing. It's the least <laughs> risky, but it, it should be all results driven. What have they done in the past over anything else? Like that's going to be your best bet. And if if they've done it multiple times in your space before, there's a good chance they'll do it again.
1: Yes. And there's a quote that's something like, you can never pay a good CEO enough money, and you can never pay a bad CEO too little money. (laughs) Is that kind of true about marketing too? It,
3: it, It is true, yes.
1: Yeah, because if you're hiring someone that's going to actually almost sabotage your business because they don't know what they're doing, you're entrusting them with something that you could have possibly done better. So um, what are some of the things that uh, companies could be doing now, and what do you uh, foresee as good advice for 2020?
3: Well, it's going to be different for every company. Um, What we're seeing in 2020 is it's an omni-channel approach. So when you can leverage multiple channels at once, you're going to be doing better. And the reason we say it's an omni-channel approach is before you can build businesses off of one channel, that doesn't exist anymore, Uh, just do the competitive landscape. So now it's you either, you know, leverage all of them or you're just not going to do as well. So what we're seeing right now is companies, especially small ones, like, hey, where should I start off? What should I do? There's a lot of free tools like Buffer for social media or Uber Suggest, which is one of my tools for SEO. You can put in your URLs and it'll give you a sense of idea of what you should be working on first, second, third, etc. And that's where we recommend companies starting, which just focus on the basics. Use these tools to tell you what you should focus on first, second, third. Go after them. Once you get some of those basics done, you should be getting much more traffic and then go from there.
1: Well, I wanted to... uh Before I get too many more gold nuggets, which I'm excited about doing, I wanted to see if there's anything else you want to share about your journey to being more successful and really advice you can give people that are struggling uh, in their journey.
3: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the world. I've made a lot of mistakes. I don't know everything. The big thing that I've learned over time is focus on what you're good at. I'm not the best manager. Uh, I'm not the best leader. I'm really good at marketing and generating leads and I just focus on what I'm good at. And th- that's what everyone needs to do. And, you know, when you're young, they teach you, oh, you can do anything. You don't need to do everything. You can't do everything. That's unrealistic. It doesn't matter if you put your mind to it. Just, you know, I want to be in the NBA. It doesn't matter how much I believe I can. I'm not going to be in the NBA. I don't have the uh, physical capabilities to qualify. So what I would recommend everyone doing is just focus on what you're good at and hire for all the areas or partner with people for all the areas you're weak at.
1: So I work we work with a lot of leaders that want to be on stages like you are on stages to talk to audiences that are their ideal clientele or niche. And some people will say that it's a good idea to to get a book out, but there's so many people that when they get a book out they don't really even reference it anymore because it's not having the impact. What would be your recommendation on two things? One is doing a book and then how to actually handle a book so that it actually creates traffic and conversion or sale opportunities.
3: Sure. So books are great. Uh, You can find a publisher. You can self-publish. Either one works. Uh, But there's a more important part of a book that most people forget. Everyone focuses on New York Times bestseller. I was a New York Times bestseller. It doesn't do much for you. Or at least it didn't do much for me. What I would recommend is don't focus on how many you sell. Yes, of course you want more sales, but what you should focus first on is how relevant is this book to your Mm -hmm. business? Is it a great fit for you? Is it going to be driving you sales? If you don't see that, then you're creating the wrong book. It doesn't matter if you're a number one seller. If it doesn't align with your business, it's not going to help you generate any revenue. So people first need to solve those kind of things. And then from there, publish a book, get it out, push it, uh, see what you can end up doing. And typically the easiest way to get a book out is just interviews. Um, a lot of podcast interviews can do wonders for you. People tend to take them for granted, but it's the easiest way to generate sales for a book.
1: And although you are very humble and modest about your, your accomplishments. I am curious when you were 16 and you were doing a, a website or starting as an SEO consultant, did you have this vision of where you're going to be, you know, 10 years or where you are now and you work towards it and how did you accomplish that?
3: I don't have a vision or anything like that. I just kept cranking because I had no other option and choice, right? So, When you don't come from an area where you can do well working for someone else, you go and figure it out on your own. It's just a hustle. And I'm not saying everyone needs it everyone needs to focus on making money. You should focus on whatever makes you happy. But the key is once you find out what you're happy about, what you love, what you're passionate about, what makes you happy, you'll find that you'll continually push forward and forward and forward. And for me, it was marketing, and I truly fell in love with it. Uh, You know, when people are born, everyone's like, yeah, you know, I want to be a dentist or doctor or astronaut or whatever it may be. Most people don't really know what they want to do that early on. I didn't either. Um, I may wanted to be an astronaut, but it was unrealistic anyways. What you'll find is the easiest way to really grow is you just go and you experiment. You try different things out that you think you're curious and you're interested about. Eventually you'll figure out what you don't like doing and then you go from there.
1: So you have a regimen that you do that's, that leads to a success and predictability in your success. Can you give any advice to our listeners on how to set up a regimen that is habitual and causes the success that they want to see, experience?
3: Yeah, sure. So you continually oh, – my regimen is simple. I figure out what I need to accomplish in a year to hit my goals. I then break that down into months, then weeks, then days. And then I take the task in days, and I break it down into a task that take less than an hour. And then I create checklists, um, and the exercise takes a bit. Sometimes it can take up to a week to do this thoroughly. I create checklists, and I make sure I don't go to sleep until I got that day's worth of checklist done.
1: That's awesome. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we saw you again at MannyChat and I know you're a big fan of bots, but what drew you to that particular conference, and uh, how did you meet Mikhail, Mikhail Yang?
3: Yeah, uh, they hit me up, um, and that's how I ended up meeting him. And then I met up with him in Los Angeles. But yeah, huge fan of them. I think there's a ton of potential there, um, that, you know, people can end up leveraging to get more traffic, get more sales, uh, especially when it comes to Facebook Messenger. I do think it's going to be a new form of texting that's going to be super popular, communicating, not just texting, because eventually it'll connect within WhatsApp, Instagram, and all their social networks. Well,
1: Mikkel seems like an outlier. He seems like he really has the pulse and the vision to create really the future of of this technology. Uh, first of all, would you agree with that and what makes him so unique?
3: Yeah, I think he's unique because one, he sees where the market's going and he's going to do it no matter what. Um, he doesn't necessarily focus on revenue, but he focuses on the user and experience and where the market's going and what people need. And I think those are the things that makes him successful. He's also relentless. Yes,
1: he is. <laughs> yes, he is. And I, I really enjoyed you speaking on stage. You have such a a wonderful blend of the technology and the, the humility and also your personal story. So just really enjoyed hearing you speak for the second time. Uh, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, how important bots are for the future and what companies should be considering it and how to approach that in 2020.
3: I think all companies should be considering it. Um, simple, easy way to generate more traffic and more sales. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, whether you like them or not, they're huge. They're used by pretty much everyone. We all have no choice but to leverage them.
1: What platform do you prefer uh, and and where do you communicate with people
3: the most and why? I still tend to do it through email. Um, Most of my audience is on email, but Messenger is going to keep growing in popularity over the next three, four years.
1: And so when people are communicating with you on Messenger, it's, it's you virtually because it's what you want to have them experience and say, how does that work?
3: Yeah, uh, so with email and Messenger, it's, I, I, I communicate the same on both. It's pretty much I, I create conversations and then from there, I end up telling people where it's relevant, but I always try to help people first and I don't really look at a platform like Messenger, email, or I'm like, this is where I need to be. I look at where people are, and I just go where everyone is. So if they all decide that they don't want to use Messenger anymore, and they all want to use uh, iMessage, you know, I'll make sure I have an iPhone, and I'm communicating them with everyone through iMessage. It's wherever people want to communicate, that's where I end up going. And that's what most good marketers do, right? It's not our choice to pick the platform. its You pick whatever platform your users are using.
1: And how do you feed yourself with information and knowledge that makes you more successful, i.e., what do you listen to and what do you read?
3: I read a lot of marketing blogs, so Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, Backlinko. Um, I would start off there.
1: Okay. And then you're a New York Times bestseller, and I, I do agree with you. Those, those accolades for what you have to pay out don't necessarily have an ROI. And same with Amazon bestseller. It's, it's more of a, a system or a strategy to get that title, but doesn't necessarily serve you. So what is the, the best way to make sure – go a little deeper in how you actually have your book hit the target market and penetrate it so you get the engagement?
0: Yeah,
3: so I would go and create a list of all the podcasts within my space, and sort of just hit them all up. Tell them how you have a book coming out, what value you can provide. Get in touch with them and try to be a guest, and then just keep pushing and pushing on that. And I find that to work extremely well because if you can provide value to their audience, there's a good chance that they'll want to showcase you, have you, and if they can already generate, um, if if they can already generate. If they already have technically listeners in your space, it should help you generate more sales.
1: And That's what the is the number name one of,
3: approach to folks on if you have a book?
1: Cool. And what is the name of your book and where can people get that?
3: It's called Hustle and any bookstore or Amazon or any major book site.
1: How convenient is that, Neil? I mean, people don't have to there work too go. hard to get that. <laughs> All right. Andrea uh, obviously uh, met you several times, uh, I think, even in Bangkok. So I wanted to bring her on. She had a couple questions she wanted to ask as well.
2: Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, You know, Neil, um, we first met at um, uh, Affiliate World in Bangkok. And I was super excited to meet you because I had heard of your humility and and how you show up in the world. And I had used KISS metrics with some clients. I really am curious about, you know, the past of that how that ended up coming up for you and then how you see those things working in the future
3: yeah so you're
2: saying how do i see like analytics working in the future or yeah The the what the analytics will be now that we're using social media so much that the you know the whole analytics of how google looks at us and ranks us has really been changing and you know you know things that we don't know (laughs) It's all going to come down to
3: intent and what a user wants. Everyone's trying to optimize for users, so they're going to start using machine learning and AI to make results more uh, accurate. They already started, to. Google just released BERT, which is an algorithm update that leverages machine learning, so the results are much more accurate, and there's a big noticeable difference. Uh, and what you're going to start seeing with all these tools and analytics offers, instead of just them analyzing data, eventually they're just going to tell you what to fix. So instead of tons of reports, they'll just tell you, do this, do that, and then the other thing. And then eventually they'll even go on to, let us just fix it for you automatically.
1: Andrea, go ahead.
2: Oh, thank you. And and then, um, you know, with, uh, at that event, you know, there's you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people who are there who have you know, a certain envision of how joint ventures are going to work in the future. What do you see for that as we look forward into the future, how people will you know, make money and invest with AI together?
3: Yeah, I think joint ventures will work actually very similar to how they are right now. Um, Even when AI and machine learning uh, starts getting much more kicked in, you're just going to start, you know, people will be much more picky on what joint ventures they will do just because they have more data to see what's working and what's not for them.
1: All right. And I wanted to ask what events people should go to that give them more of the cutting edge information on technology and how to use marketing better.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of them. So there's Affiliate World, there's Affiliate Summit. Um, there's a lot of small conferences done by like companies like Moz or Optimizely, uh or ManyChat. You, you should figure out what events are within your region. And I would start with those because it's going to be cheaper to attend those than it is to fly across the world.
1: I totally agree. And I'm interested in uh, which books you'd recommend uh I think that if people have a regimen of getting books that they can check out every week, that they transform themselves from being uh, someone who's a novice to being an expert in that problem that they may have had.
3: Uh, So you're saying what books should people get in general or where they should Uh, go to
1: find books? Yes. In general, what books would you Hmm. recommend to someone who becomes a a client of yours and they want to know more about how to be successful in business?
3: Business, check out Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, Check out Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Tells you how to be much more efficient. Check out Art of the Start by Guy Kawasaki. The Dip by Seth Godin. Um, I would check out Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell as well.
1: I totally agree. So, we're going to be going to break right now and we'll be back in a couple minutes. This is Ken Roshan with the influencer channel on Voice America with my producer, Andre Adams Miller, with the Red Carpet Connection. And we are excited to have Neil Patel, who will be back in a couple minutes. Thank you.
0: To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we've
1: Andre Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection brought to you of course by the key smiling movement and neil certainly provides a lot of smiles in the world and i think the the biggest reason he does is because he has helped so many people become successful with his great knowledge and information that he is so willing to share so the other side of him being a phenomenal business person is that he obviously has a personal life and he has to juggle um personal business just like anyone else so neil what is what's it like um balancing and what's the recommendation you have for people that are entrepreneurs because you can get you can get lost in the entrepreneurial vision and, and work ethic and get and leave the people you love behind so what is your secret to that
3: one secret is finding a partner who accepts you for who you are like my partner knows i'm going to work a lot um, but you do need to find a balance Uh, for a few reasons. The main one is if you don't find a balance, eventually you can get burned out. Eventually your personal life will affect your business uh, work output. So the way I find balance is a few things. Figure out what's important. It's not about how many hours you spend. It's about the quality time you spend with your significant other, with your children. um, And make sure every minute you do spend counts. Uh, You're super engaged. You're super interactive. Um, and the way I do a balance is I, as we talked about earlier on the show, I created a checklist. Once I'm done with that stuff, it's off, you know, spending time with family and that's it. Um, once a certain time comes at night as well, everything goes off and you spend your time with family as well. So you, you need to make time. Um, and if you can't make time, you know, what I would recommend is sacrifice some of the growth in your business. Now, some people think I'm crazy for that, but that's just my opinion. I don't think well, business is everything or trying to make money is everything in this world.
1: Well, I certainly don't think that's crazy. That sounds pretty reasonable. Um, what are some of the things that you enjoy doing in your personal
3: life and time? Yeah, so some of the things that I enjoy doing on my personal life uh, and in time is just taking walks with my wife and my child. We do that quite often. Yesterday, we did like some pumpkin patch stuff Uh, because Halloween's coming up. That was fun. We took some pictures. Um, Some of the other things that I tend to do is, you know, eat with them every single meal, uh, play games, just sit around, talk, find out how each other's day went, basic stuff like that. We don't have any, like, crazy ambitions or goals or anything.
1: Um, How many... Well, I actually did a search, and I saw that there were some books by Neil Patel, and it was complete self-assessment. That's not related to you, or it is.
3: No, different Neil Patel.
1: Yeah, because uh, Google puts those books right under your picture. So I was like, this is quite a stretch.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. And so do you, when you have uh, share your meal with uh, your family uh, as often as possible, do you – Eat foods that are more plant-based.
3: Uh, I, I tend to eat foods that are more plant-based. Yes, that is accurate. So we Be- do. I do eat meat here and there, but it's mainly much more plant-based food.
1: Well, I'm interested in that because I'm trying to make that transformation of moving to as close to a plant-based diet as possible because uh, of the energy it provides you, and the I guess the the clean, the clean I guess thought clarity everything. So. Um, any words on that that you'd like to share with an audience that has, you know, 2020 in front of them and how they could actually have more energy.
3: Yeah. Try things like beyond Meat. Um, try things like, uh, impossible meat. It does help a lot. Uh, and some of it tastes like real beef for me and it's actually not that bad. That's the simplest way to get going and start off with something that is plant-based. Um, we found that to work really well, it's an easier transition. Uh, and you also get used to it after a while too. The hardest part is like the first 30 days, after that it gets
1: much easier. Mm-hmm. And where does one find this, do you just go on Amazon and type
3: that? Uh, you would just go to a grocery store and go look up Whole Foods, all the major grocery stores have this stuff.
1: And this other Neil Patel imposter that has the complete self-assessment for medical and surgical finals, is he paying you any royalties for all the good work you're doing with Google to get him exposure?
3: No, he's not. It would be nice, but he's
1: definitely not. (laughs) All right. Um, I do have a bunch more questions, but I wanted Andrea to uh, see if she had any segue questions in this part.
2: I do, Neil. (laughs) Um with, you know, when we're talking about work life balance and with your checklists, you know, so when you're talking about your checklists, do you do them through, you know, like doing it in pen and paper or are you using technology for that? I use the
3: iPad. Um and I have my checklist within Gmail.
2: Awesome. And then because I love that whole idea of systemization, and I know Ken really loves to be able to systematize things to get them done. You know, is that something that you've considered about sharing with the world as how you have managed to, you know, systematize your life?
3: Yeah, I I believe in systematizing as much as possible. Um, I myself, am not good at systematizing my own life, so I have a assistant (laughs) who does a lot of that. And then a little neat trick that I do, and this helps, uh, you don't necessarily need an assistant, but anytime you do something, think about how you can do it more efficient and better next time. Write down the process and write it down as if a random person can do it so it doesn't have to be you. And then from there, see if someone else can do it so you don't have to end up doing it.
2: Awesome.
1: All right. And I wanted to head to the fatherhood experience. So how many children do you have?
3: Just one right now. It's been a blessing. Okay, and
1: uh, his or her age?
3: Uh, she is five months right now. So it's been good. So
1: f- five months. So you pretty much had a lot of in-depth conversations with her about who she can be and how she can change the world. I'm guessing.
3: Not so much that, but we do have <laughs> end up conversations about the economy, the stock market. I know five girls aren't supposed to watch TV right now, but we watch like CNBC in the morning and stuff like that, which is kind of fun. All right,
1: and since you do have uh, just an extraordinary mind for creating, uh, I think just amazing stuff. What would be uh, your hope as far as how you
3: uh,
1: teach your daughter how to be a, a leader and a successful person?
3: Yeah, I would say my hope, uh, teaching my daughter, is just, look, do whatever you love, be passionate, uh, be ethical, and always try to help other people do what's best for them, even if it's not best for you. And
1: I guess everything I've heard is success, 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 and I know that you said you've made a lot of mistakes, but uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing in in a story just um, a mistake or two that you've made and how that was a challenge and how you— created an opportunity out of it.
3: Yeah, so I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, You know, for for example, expanding too fast when I should have just focused on my core business. That's an example of a big mistake that I should have never uh, done. I've done that one too many times and expanding into other areas. So sometimes when I do things like that, what I'll end up doing is You know, you can always potentially sell off assets to someone else. They may end up finding it valuable. And that can also help you build relationships with other people. Still doesn't make it right, right? It's better than nothing. Uh, But that helps you focus again. The other thing that I love doing is when I make mistakes and I do something wrong, I write it down and I break down how I can avoid it again in the future. And that's what's helped me succeed no matter how many companies I create in the future I can continually break down what you shouldn't be doing uh, and what you should be focusing on. And that makes it uh, easier to succeed in the future. Because eventually you learn what you should do and what you should not do, right? Because if you cross out all the stuff you shouldn't be doing, what's left in business? All the stuff you should be doing.
1: Mm-hmm. So when, you, uh, when there's indicators you're growing too fast, how do, you, how do you actually measure those indicators? And at what point are they a cautionary situation?
3: Yeah, well, well, when you're growing too fast, that's a great thing, but the problem is, is when you grow too fast, things get chaotic and everything just starts getting messed up, and there's not much you can do other than you go and you fix the processes and you deal with the mess and the headaches, and, you know, it's just part of life. Um, but it happens to a lot of us, if not all of us, and you get used to it over time. It's so look at it as a good thing. There's not too many companies that grow really fast.
1: That's true. And and the companies that say they are growing too fast, they say it's a good problem to have. So it's you have more money typically to solve problems and hire talent that can actually take care of the scalability issues. That's probably a fair way of putting it, right? Exactly. So the next question I have is is certainly self-serving, but it is also Um, something that we encourage people to do, which is make an impact in the world to make a problem either go away or to at least dissipate, i.e. world hunger, sex trafficking, et cetera. So the Key Smiling movement, which uh, I think you are probably one of the top examples of someone that I think addresses abundance, solves world problems, and inspires hope. We are interested in this movement getting on your major networks and showcasing people like yourself because anyone that is doing great things in the world, they can be a role model and they can certainly inspire people to step into their power. So I wouldn't expect that you've looked into the Keep Smiley movement too in depth, but it is a nonprofit and we really genuinely are interested in amplifying the goodness of leaders and showing communities that these leaders need to be supported and that their role and support is also becoming a leader as well. So what advice would you give humble, amplified radio for making that difference for people that are great leaders, but may don't, they may not have the marketing uh, knowledge or budget.
3: Yeah. So if you don't necessarily have the marketing budget, first off, if you're ever a nonprofit, Google has something called Google <coughs> grants, uh, where they help you get your name out, word out, etc., for free to give you up to $10,000, um, a month, which is quite great. And mm-hmm. then if you're a business, you know, one thing to do is look for affiliates. It's the easiest way to get your name out because then you only have to pay for every sale, every lead, whatever you negotiate with these affiliates. <coughs> and even if they're not driving that, they're driving you awareness at the same time. So,
1: And to go to something that's close to your heart, um, is there a movement, a nonprofit, a cause that you – are involved with, or we could help support
3: you. There's not one. Um, I, I've done a lot from. I just look for other nonprofits that have good cause, low overhead. Most of the money goes towards the impact. Um, so one of the ones I follow for a long time is See Your Impact. They send you pictures every time you donate on where your money went and impact it caused.
1: That's awesome. And Andrea, I know that you have a couple of. Uh, points you want to bring up and also something that people can do to help support Neil.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, Neil, when it comes to, you know, what you're doing now and how you're presenting yourself moving forward, so my specific question would be, you know, so when, when we go to these conferences, people are like, oh, my gosh, I love Neil Patel. I, You know, they they want to follow you. They want to know more about you. Is there a better way that people should be reaching out to learn more about you and to go into your programming and your systems? Mm-hmm. Um. They can just do it through com, and then, you
3: know, my site pretty much breaks on everything from the free tool like Uber suggests, uh, don't really have too many programs, uh, more so just have a lot of information for free.
2: Yeah. Cause that's, um, that's what we're hearing is that people really want more of you. And so that's why I'm asking that, you know, do you have some projection in the future of some things that you might create or do, or are you happy creating other things like a, another, type of KISSmetrics or another crazy egg.
3: <laughs> yeah, my, my next version is going to be Ubersuggest. That's what I'm focusing on and trying to make the next, you know, hopefully much bigger than those previous companies as well. Fantastic. How does
1: Ubersuggest work?
3: So you can put in a URL and they'll tell you everything that's wrong so you can get more traffic from Google. It tells you social shares, links, rankings, site errors. It tracks your rankings. You can even put in keywords, and it'll tell you uh, all the other keywords that get good traffic that are similar that you should target and are easy to rank for. You can even put in like keywords like marketing, and it'll tell you all the blog posts that are popular and give you ideas on what you can write on. It even tells you social share count and the keywords that all those blog posts rank for. Um, but yeah, it pretty much breaks all this stuff down and for free. Well, that's a
1: cool deal. I mean, not just the free, but we're, when people are actually putting this in and they get the advice, how, how do they actually implement it?
3: The tool breaks down how to implement it step-by-step step, and it breaks it down in really layman's terms so that way you don't have to be technical.
1: So in other words, companies that would normally have that 80% possibility of going out of business because they're messing up on certain aspects, this really can change the game for them?
3: Exactly. And like I mentioned, you don't have to pay a dime. Can not get better than that, right?
1: And, and why is it wow. that they don't have Wonderful. to pay a dime? What is what is the I uh, where where is the monetization aspect of it for you?
3: There is none at the moment. It's just fun experiment. So but you're yeah, you're doing small,
1: So you're doing kind yeah, of a facebook.com.
3: Okay but in in a way you're money through advertising and selling data, right? I think or ads or whatever you want to call it. I make no money from it. I just straight up just give it away for free. Wow. That's very interesting. Well,
1: let's talk about, uh, challenges that you have that are, you're trying to overcome. What is, what's something that you're trying to do to get to the next level?
3: Uh, always growing my team. It's, Always tough to find a good executive and leadership. Uh, hiring is always a pain. It is for almost every company. Um, that's a big challenge that I'm facing. Uh, everything is too expensive. I'm waiting for the recession, <laughs> uh, which may sound bad, but I do believe everything is a bit too overpriced right now. Yeah. And Andrea?
2: Thank you. Uh, Neil, when, um, you know, stepping aside from technology for a moment and like thinking of kids, you know, growing up and with your daughter, what do you see for her as far as like her early years in education? Um, What, like, original techno, or setting technology aside, what original skill sets do you want her to have? And what technology then would you want her to have to make her education easier?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure yet on the technology side. As for learning, they say, like, people should learn Mandarin. I don't know how true this is. I went to a normal school that was public, and I think I did okay. <laughs> not the smartest cookie, but um, just have a decent school for her, good education, good values. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking anything specific other than give them a good education and try to teach them really good values and whatever technology there is, hopefully drown her in it so she can stay uh, up to date with it. But the biggest skill that I want her to learn is critical thinking. You know, a lot of kids learn memorization and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, if you don't know how to solve problems, it doesn't even matter.
1: And what kind of training uh, or what is the source that, one could actually work on their critical thinking skills whether it be uh, a child or a parent
3: I know there are books on Amazon that that help with that there may be some games that could help with that Uh, you can just do critical thinking at home like uh, asking questions that aren't easy to solve that don't necessarily have a formula and you have to think outside the box what are they i have no idea but you can there's there's a ton you can end up googling for and then uh you can end up giving them to a child as well but yeah i think that's a very important skill set they don't teach enough at school
2: well, I love that you said that I, I taught industrial organizational psychology and we talked about the Kaizen method and we're always, I was always trying to give my students a, a method for them to come up ways to solve problems. So it very much goes along with your checklist. Um, what other aspects of like, what, I mean, like how, how are you in your regular life for hobbies and fun? Like what, how do you, you know, when you say you're stepping away, I heard you say you go to the park with the kids, but what are some other things that you want to pursue anything like art or music or anything?
3: Uh, if, if kids want it, I don't necessarily have hobbies of art or music. I do enjoy watching sports from football to basketball, uh all that kind of stuff. But to me, you know, it's like whatever interest. The kids, they want to do mixed martial arts, so be it. They want to do chess, so be it, right? I believe, like, to figure out their passions over time. Just give them a lot of stuff to try and they'll learn what they love and what they don't. And usually what they're naturally decent at or good at tends to be what they love. Mm-hmm.
1: so with me identifying you as a person that does create a lot of abundance and solving problems and inspiring hope who are some people that we should add to our bucket list of people that we should be pursuing to get our magic photo of how they cause smiles in the world and let the world know about them
3: uh, so you rate. should be pursuing Eric Sue. Uh, he's someone, funny enough I do a podcast with him he's trying to uh, change the world and make people happier. Uh, Aaron Aegis, he's based out of I think Australia or somewhere like that. Uh, same with him as well.
2: So uh, I also would love to know, like, is there any like mantras or songs or anything that really gets you excited and gets you moving and pumps up your day?
3: Not really. Like, I believe if you're just doing what you love you'll be motivated and you'll be pumped and you'll keep doing what you should be doing. When you're not motivated, you don't love what you're doing. It's like, that's when you get burned out, right? So focus on what you love. You don't have to make the most amount of money in the world to be the richest or anything like that. You just have to be happy and doing what you love tends to make people happier.
1: And what book are you reading now or have just finished? And what did you learn from it?
3: I haven't read a book in a while. Haven't had the time. I need to get back
1: into reading. Okay, so for the person that doesn't read very much because they have that I, same I do read a lot problem. online,
3: though. I probably spend like three hours a day reading
1: online. Sure, sure. So um, that's certainly a, a great thing to give someone to, to uh, a place where you read because then they're getting similar information and similar opportunity to use that information. But um, someone that does not have a lot of time to read and they, they need to get the book that's going to at least get their mindset in the right direction and possibly give them some information to be successful in 2020. What would that book be, and why are you choosing that book?
3: I, I would do uh, principles by Ray Dalio. it'll It'll break down a lot of the principles that help people make uh, that make people
1: successful. And, and what are they? What are some of them that you learned?
3: Uh, There's a ton of them, but in general, you know, from the book or from life, when you think about it, it doesn't matter what business you're in, right? So in business, whether you've created a business 100 years ago or 10 years ago, a lot of the concepts are the same. So concepts like, you know, something that Bridgewater does, which is Ray Dalio's company, which is actually really smart. They, they have this system um, where they actually figure out the strengths and weaknesses of every single person. So then when hmm. they have specific projects that they are doing, what they do is they go into their system, they built their own technology for this. They'll do really cool things like look for what candidates make up the right criteria to help make that successful and what criteria uh, that they have that can make them work well with other people that are needed to also make that work really well, so then when you combine all of that, you have the highest likelihood of succeeding. So they take a very blunt, very transparent approach to really growing and succeeding in life, and it's kind of refreshing and a bit unique, but I love it to death. I, I think that's a great way to succeed is just knowing the strengths and weaknesses of people. Um, you know, and they are, similar to what I mentioned earlier, they're very big on learning from their mistakes, right? So what caused something to fail? They'll do brainstorms, figure out why, and then they go from there and make sure they're avoid making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, they also got a really cool iPad app. Not only is there education in there, there's also some uh, videos that are worth watching because you can actually see how Bridgewater themselves use some of these principles, and then you can then take them and see a real-life example. Because when you're just reading something, you may not be sure how to implement it or how it works, but watching a video that breaks it down is very useful.
1: And uh, just real quick part B of this question is when someone is identified for their strengths and weaknesses, do you believe personally that it's possible for someone to reverse the weaknesses to be strengths too, or do people kind of stay who they are?
3: I, I believe when you get older, you tend to stay who you are. Uh, I don't think there's much change. That's just my opinion. Not saying you can't change. I just say in most cases, you tend to be who you are.
1: Well, a lot of people would agree with you. I was just wondering what your what your slant on is, and I tend to agree with you. And that's because habits are easy to keep, not break. <laughs> so, um, Andrea?
2: Yeah, Neil, I'm curious what you were like when you were a kid. So, like, you know, were you the kind of kid who, you know, Took the radio apart, or were you, you know, in the Legos? You know, what did you do? What what interested you?
3: Yeah, it was both. I loved Legos. I used to take everything apart. Uh, I would break stuff, try to put it back together. Um, to me, all of that was really fun, and I I truly did enjoy that. Mm. Uh, who
1: are uh, a couple of your heroes?
3: Uh, Elon Musk. Some people say he's crazy, but his craziness is trying to help us do some really unique things like, you know, make it so Earth isn't the only single point of failure for uh, mankind. But yeah, I love what he's doing. I love what Bill Gates is doing, uh, you know, with his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He did amazing stuff at Microsoft as well, but I love what he's doing with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as well.
2: Cool. Okay. If you had a superhero power that you could enhance or have, uh, what would that be and why?
3: Uh a bigger brain. Hopefully I can <laughs> solve more of the world's <laughs> problems, you know, whether it's cancer or whatever that everyday people face, not to make money from, but I just think the world would be a better place if there was less of these issues, right? Yeah. So you
1: obviously have one of the better haircuts on the planet. And I was, (laughs) and we actually have a key smiling book called bald, beautiful and bold. So who are, who are some other bald, beautiful and bold people that you, uh, admire?
3: I don't know. That's a good question. I've never been asked (laughs) that. Um, I don't really (laughs) pay too much attention to who's bald. Uh, but, yeah, all I can think of it right now is, like, Ben Kingsley. Yes. I don't think he's bald, or was he just bald in a few movies that I've seen him in? Well, and he played Gandhi. So I think is bald, but he's an amazing actor. I, well, no. I
1: really can't think of anyone else who's bald. Well, then I now have my biggest challenge in life. I want to make you so proud of me that when someone else asks that question, you say, you know what, Ken Rashawn, founder of the Key Smiley Movement, he is someone I admire. <laughs> So, um, all right, I that, that works out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make me proud as well. Um, so, um, uh, sorry, that made me laugh so hard. I forgot what I was going to ask. Um, you know, Neil, when uh, when um, you, you think about, you know, who you are and, and what you want to do with the world, you know, I've been hearing you say that you want to, you know, change, make an impact on the world. Is there another, like, field of interest, like super string theory or something else that you're interested in that nobody knows about?
1: No, I'm not that smart. <laughs> all right. And a final question for you, Neil. What's a quote you live by?
3: Uh, I don't really live by any quote. I more so live by something that is very simple. You're going to make mistakes in life. That's okay. Just keep, pick yourself up, learn from them and keep pushing forward. Technically you could consider that a quote, but I more so live by that principle because like we all struggle. We all go through ups and downs. Um, if you, if you wanted me to pick a quote, one of my favorite quotes, uh, and this was from my uncle, you know, uh, he would always tell me when I was younger and things were going well, when things are going well, just remember there's someone else out there who has it better than you. And when things are going very poorly, just remember there's someone out there who has it much worse than you. And that quote helps you stay very grounded. So when things are going really well, you don't get too excited. You just keep pushing forward. And when things get bad... You also realize that, hey, there's a lot of other people have it much worse than you.
1: All right. And I want to give our executive director of the Keep Smiling Movement an opportunity to share how they can get involved. Go ahead, Andrea.
2: Yes. um, Anyone who um, would like to be an ambassador, get involved, find out what we're doing, and uh, look at the research that we're presenting to, like, Texas Tech and other conferences, www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com. Please reach out to me so we can help share the love in the world.
1: And Neil Patel, you certainly do amplify goodness. Thank you for so much for spending an hour with us. And I'm I'm just excited about 2020 and how to implement some of the things you suggested and how I can hopefully support you. Well,
3: thanks for having me.
1: You're welcome. All right, this is Ken Roshan with Andrea Adams Miller with Amplified, and we hope you have experienced another amplification of goodness. We will see you next week.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Roshan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.